0: Hello and welcome to Speaking Truth to Power. My name is Irvin Hill and I'm your host and it is about 2:45 p.m. here in Stockton, California. Very beautiful day. And today's topic is about what makes the body work. Uh, beginning at home, church, the community. But we also need to look at what affects these things from working. And there are numerous things that will affect these things from working. But all that can change through instructions from God, and God told us what he's due for us, and you know a lot of these things affect us body wise as a whole in the community at home and at church you know it's sin we and we know these things these things affect us, and you know I just want to take a moment here and and say what God said in second chronicles and verse chapter 7 verse 14 and what God said to us he said if my people who are called by my name my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land now, hear God tell us all we got to do is walk away from all that. Many of us won't do it. We like that. But that sin is affecting the church, the community, and the home. Now, that was during Solomon's time when God said that. But that stands for this day as well. That has not changed. But we're going to revisit that the message that God said to Solomon on that same night. So we're going to come back to that. But let's also take a look at some of the things that are affecting the church, the home, the community all together, the body all together. We have to take a look at, first of all, teens that are using drugs. Marijuana, opium. prescription drugs alcohol abuse heroin alcohol related problems incarceration all these things are affecting the church the home the community all together so we can actually say we acknowledge these things are happening but the question is what is leadership doing to change these things, to correct these things. So yes, we can say it begins at home. The parents has a responsibility. Of course, we know the parents has a responsibility uh, for uh, directing their children and and, and correcting their children. But many of the homes are broken. We can use that term. There may be a father that's missing. There may be a mother that's missing. Uh, Grandmothers that used to really be hard in teaching Uh, their kids, that generation, and pretty much died off, and now that leadership is no longer there. But when that leadership is no longer in the home, the church plays a part of that community. And leadership begins at the sanctuary. But when the church has poor leadership, and the leadership is basically, basically, it's not there for you. And when I say not there for you, is to be there for your soul, to be there for you, to uplift you, to draw you and to point you to God, but all the same time, support you in what needs to be, you need to be supported in. So what I'm saying is that you can take 300 people in the congregation and say all 300 show up. That leadership of that church, that sanctuary, where help should come from, has an obligation to point you to God. But it can't point you to God if he's going to give you a sugar down sermon. And when I mean sugar down, that he's not going to come at you with all the scripture truth about holiness because our father is holy, which means we're expected to be holy as well. That needs to come from the preacher. The word of God is heard through preaching. And if that preaching is not all of the scriptures that he should be giving to you with revelation of those scriptures and breaking them down, and telling us let's say man let's begin with man when God created man he created man in his own image so he didn't make man to wear earrings nose earrings long hair down his back piercings all of his body tattoos all of his body when God made him in the image of him so when you think that that pastor has a job an obligation to preach against that he didn't make men to wear a dress or put on pantyhose and wear women's shoes he didn't do that he didn't create you for that but it's happening and it's not being preached against in many churches they're not saying one single word women are wearing things in the church that's inappropriate. Their breasts hanging out, short slacks, skirt, uh, skirts on. People are puffing on the way to church. Throw breath mints in their mouth. Spray some perfumes or cologne over their body so the smell is gone. And get in there, and nothing's being said about it. And you wonder why the community, the body is weakening. People are self-centered boosting about themselves in the church, but the leadership is not strong enough to preach against it, to stop it. And then it affects the community as a whole and things start going south, start going bad. We know all these things are happening. Why many people have left the church? Why could, how could you get a sinner to come into the church Come into the church to be saved. If he walks in there and he sees sinning in the church, why should he stay in there? He might as well just go back out to the streets and sin in the streets when he can see most people leave the church and go straight to the liquor store. Why should he come into that building when he can stay right out there in the sin versus going in there with a sin? They're not going to do it you wonder why it's, it's it's that bad now so all these things are affecting the body from working because our men are not strong enough to speak out against leadership that is false and that's another one i'll get into it another time about false prophet, false teaching that's going to be a huge one for me right there you know the and the false teaching and all these things leads to the, the Trinity and, and all these other things that people are out there saying that there's three God heads and uh, three personalities as God, you know, like God is a bipolar or something. You know, all these things they're saying and which that's nowhere in the Bible that you can find it from the beginning to the end. What God even said that there's another God beside him. Three functions and you know three functions is fine. You can say three functions, but when you start saying three Godheads, that's when you're wrong. There's only one God. Let's get that straight. One God, one church, and one baptism. Jesus said, "Upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail." So, where to get all these other different churches from? That's not so. All the churches should be saying the same thing. All the same thing. You should better leave the United States and go to any other country and hear the same thing. Or in the United States, you go across the street to another church, you should hear the same thing. But you don't. Put it like this. Sometimes there are four churches in one little two-block radius. And sometimes one church have five, three different services. Three different people, three different churches. And all three of them are used at one building and all are talking different. You wonder why it's so much confusion. The disciples did not deviate from the doctrine that the father gave Christ. They all talk and walk and said the same things. You see how they they were obedient and they listen? Today, man is not listening at all. He's doing what he want to do. And all you're doing is leading people astray, stick to the scriptures, leave it at the scriptures, the scriptures has full authority. So let's, let's dive into what Paul says about what makes the body work. What makes the body work? Here's Paul, if says Paul, there be therefore any consolation in Christ, If any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and any mercy fulfill ye my joy, that ye be like-minded, having same love, being of one accord and one mind. You'll find it in Philippians 2, 1 through 2. Same love, as he said, same love, being of one accord and one mind. That's unity. Because unity in the church is the first thing Paul mentioned in Philippians. Two, it is no surprise that he goes on to admonish the believers to shun unstrained ambition, which produces bragging, tensions, and confusion impedes ministry in local churches. D, us to the Holy Spirit and prohibit us from meaningful Contributions to the kingdom of God, self-centeredness, had the potential to create this card and impair the ministry of the church. At Philadelphia, competition, self-glorification, and unstrained aspiration could be the only result of such selfishness. Now we can see how all this selfishness affects the church. And lead to other aberrations. Self gratification leads to different, different type of situations that take place in the church, and then it trickles out of the church. For many, many reasons, this is not how the early church did it. The early church was not selfish. The early church knew that everything they had belonged to God, that they knew that nothing that they had was theirs, but they understood that their job was to show stewardship, good stewardship, honest stewardship over everything that God gave them. Today, the church has lost that because of what you just heard me read, the selfishness self-gratification this is what's going on right now see bible school seminary schools don't make a preacher it makes a student god produce preachers god produced preachers god put his words in their mouth God ordained them. See, this is what you look for when you go into churches, into your community that says the community is of God. Let's take a look at the church as a whole. Two things you should look for, the nature of God and the spirit of God. And you look at the sanctuary. And if it's not coming from the sanctuary, it's not going to be in the congregation. Why are you going to be wasting your time? Because we know the nature of God is holiness, we know that. So, if God is holy, you should be only called holy people. That is what we are called—holy people. We're the Gentile, a Jew—all holy people, one people, one church, one baptism. All of these labels we putting on ourselves. It all brings on separation. This is why you cannot walk into another church and hear the same thing you heard at this church. You're not hearing what concern Christ the way he set the church up. The way the disciples walked and talked the same way Christ did. You're not sending in churches. You're getting watered down sermons. And you're not being fed meat. You're fed watered down milk. If you're getting that. Let's move on. Paul encouraged all believers to embrace unselfishness, humanity, and holy ambition. These virtues nurture concern for the will of God, involvement in our communities, growth in our capacity to love, and consideration for the welfare of others. Submission to God through Jesus Christ positioned us to make a difference in this world for our communities need husbands, wives, employers, employees, friends, business partners and mentors who seize every opportunity to act with unselfishness and humility. As we draw closer to God, he under unearth spiritual jewels that are hidden deep within us, embracing unselfishness and humility and consideration for the welfare of others. Empty us of ourselves and make us vessels for God's use by expanding our capacity to love. We are filled up with Christ. We are able to manifest the kingdom of God on earth. That's amazing what Paul is saying. If we get rid of the selfishness that we have. It won't affect us the way it is affecting us if we get rid of it. So we have to have the will to give up, to give in, to give over. We have to be able to do those things to move forward and to be able to make the body work. This is what's affecting the communities. accountability is not taking place at the top. Sometimes the people in the middle got to hold the people accountable when the people are accountable that are in power, in power to make decisions that's gonna affect the whole community, beginning from home to the church, has to be spoken out against. That's where speaking truth to power comes in at. Because power, people are listening to leaders and they're taking those comments, those statements, and they're taking it with them and they're telling the other people. And if what they're doing is not true, it's a trickle down effect, and then once people hear it enough, they believe it's true. It's not true. So it needs to be called out if it's not right. Leaders have to stand up. Remember, help comes from the sanctuary. If the sanctuary is contaminated, you're not going to get any help. Now, let's go back to 2 Chronicles 7 and 14. And we both know, all know that Solomon was visited that night after the 714 was, written, was read, was said to him. Forgive me for that. But there was a message to Solomon. And this message said, God appeared to Solomon that very night and said, I accept your prayer. Yes, I have chosen this place as a temple for sacrifice, a house of worship. If I ever shed off the supply of rain from the skies or order the Luke, Lucas to eat the crops or send a plague on my people and my people, my god defined people, respond by my humble themselves and pray and seek in my presence and turn their backs on their wicked lives, I'll be there ready for you. I'll listen from heaven, forgive their sins and restore their land. the health for now on I am alert day and night to prayers offered at this place believe me I have chosen and sanctified this temple that you have built my name is stamped on it forever my eyes are on it and my heart is always as for you if you live in my presence as for your father David lived pure in heart and action, living the life I set out for you, attentively, obedient to my guidance and judgment. Then I'll back your kindly rule over Israel. Make it a sure thing on a sure foundation. The same covenant guaranteed I gave to David, your father, I'll give it to you. Namely, You can count on always having a descendant on Israel's throne. My God, glory to God. Wow. And just listen to that. What God's saying, just obedient. We need to be obedient, but we've got to be willing to walk away from that sin that affect us. Walk away. Walk away from it. And make your home. Make your home. A place of worship. A place of worship. Choose your closet of prayer. Choose your house to where you let no one come in your home and contaminate it and affect it in any type of way that would take you out of character. Remember, bad company corrupts good character, and be willing to hold one of them accountable, husband and wives, or whether your husband and wives are single. Be willing to hold one of them accountable. Your children, hold them accountable. But show good stewardship over your home, over your kids, and be willing to to go to the distance to teach them knowledge, because God said, "My people perish for lack of knowledge." So, all of these things, if they're in your home and affecting you any kind of way, remember, repent. And if you have not been baptized, don't hesitate to do it. But if you're going to do it, do it on Acts 2.38, King James Version. Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Verse 39. For the promises unto you and to your children. And to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Glory to God. That's how much he loves us. Just by obedience, there's a gift behind it. A precious gift that comes from heaven. The perfect gift. But many of us are willing to ask God for money, cars, clothes, jobs. But not willing to ask for the perfect gift, a gift that no one can take from you and only you can give it up. I'd rather see that gift of the Holy Spirit because it takes knowledge to manage the things that you have. Knowledge to be able to do it. If not, you're going to be robbed of it some type of way because you don't have no knowledge to be able to keep it up, to hold on to it and show good stewardship. This has been my time. I appreciate everyone that's listening. Be sure to download the app, like, share, and comment. God loves you. Take care.